0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talked to Christy. She's been on the show several times. This is her March update, so it's coming, uh, you know, a little bit later here in April, but we recorded it like the first week or so in April. I'm trying to get ahead on the schedule. The point is, this is the March update, and spoiler alert, I put it in the title, she hit $6,000 in the month, which was the first time she hit that milestone. There was actually some pretty significant growth and there was actually a bit of a decline in traffic towards the end of the month. We talk about all these details. I wanna point out that you can go and check out the blog post if you wanna get more of the context and you can see pictures. You know, It's kinda nice to see these graphs and see the trajectory. And if you're brand new to the show, maybe you haven't listened to all the interviews with Christy but she's been on the show several times. I interviewed her for the very first time when she hit $100 in a month and I think that was January of 2019. So we've been working together for a while and she's really built quite an amazing website and a great source of revenue. She didn't know anything about affiliate marketing when she got started and she's doing amazing. So before I send it to the interview, I want to mention a quick update on my case study, the site growth case study, which is a very unoriginal sort of title. That's a bad name. It's not catchy. It's just exactly what it is. It's how an engineer names things. But the point is i wanted to mention a couple uh, quick notes there is an update out there so you can um, click the link in the show notes here to check out the update I'm, I'm trying to do fairly frequent updates for this case study the thing i wanted to mention is i looked back at the q1 revenue in 2020 versus this year in 2021 and in in this year in this quarter q1, it was $775. Last year in 2020, it was $450. So without the commission rate change back in April of 2020, I would potentially guess that we would be at roughly $1,300 to $1,500 for the Q1 quarter. So I feel like I'm a little bit behind as far as the work that I've been able to do in the site growth case study, but I have almost double the content. I have some more content on the way. I literally just got the email from my team over at Brand Builders. So I'm looking forward to you know growth, and e- even though I feel like I'm a little bit behind, it's better than it was last year, and very little work has been done since, I would say, like May of 2020, all the way up until the point of roughly like late February of this year. So I published a lot more content and it does take time for certain things to rank and the team's just sort of melding together at this point. But I did want to give an update and point out that there is an, a blog post update. So you can check that out at your leisure. and Keep an eye out for other updates. So Let's go ahead and get to the interview with Christy. Hey, Christy, how's it going today?
1: Hey, good, how are you? Hmm?
0: Doing awesome, and this is another one of our fun updates. We're gonna mostly talk about what happened in March. So I'll just ask you, hey, how did March go?
1: March was awesome. Um, Didn't expect it to be quite as awesome. So yeah, a lot of things about March gave me quite a bit of hope that we're going in the right direction and doing the right things. So overall, income was quite a bit up. Traffic was quite a bit up. And I hit some cool milestones with like my email list and um, some cool traffic numbers. So we can get into that. But big picture. March was good for us.
0: And for the people that are just catching up, uh, you should listen to the other interviews that Christy and I have done. But the goal of this whole case study is to 2X your revenue. So where are we at? Like, where were you at as the baseline? And where did you want to be by the end of 2021? And then how did March fit into it? And you can, along the way, sure. share some of the stats from this past month.
1: Sure. Uh, overall, when I'm thinking about doubling my income from the site, last year in 2020, historically was hovering around uh, 3500 for the last couple of months of the year. So that's what I took as my average in- earnings monthly, which is awesome considering my very first month was like $14 or something. <laughs> so already really good. But uh, I wanted to get to 7K a month consistently. So my goal for 2021 is to see if I can do that as basically an income replacement for my other job. So, you know, I own my own business and it just gives me some cool numbers to kind of aim for. So it's not really based on anything else but that. But I thought, let's see if we can do 7K a month and double it. So the cool thing about March was I actually got to 6K, which I didn't ever anticipate getting to this early in the year. So that was awesome. Like just to know that I was 1K off of my eventual goal for the year in March, like really made me excited.
0: Very good. And you mentioned a traffic milestone. What did traffic do in March?
1: Traffic was very kind to me. Thank you, Google traffic was closer to 3,800 to 4,100 per day. And that was significantly higher. I think it was like 25 or 30% higher than I'd been seeing. And it it held that way for probably three out of four of the weeks of March, which really did add up. And I was able to cross a hundred thousand in traffic for one month for the first time. Awesome.
0: And we, I took a look because it was hard to tell there wasn't a specific post that seemed to get a lot more traffic and it was hard to to trace this down so off the recording we looked and I started filtering and doing a few other things and it sort of looked to us like almost all of the posts got a little bit more traffic some of them a lot more Um, There was one post that did go viral, but that, you know, we filtered that out because that was not Mm -hmm. organic traffic. But for about three weeks of March, it looks like Google was giving you more traffic, ranking higher, maybe more long tail keywords. There doesn't seem to be a seasonality component. So it Mm -hmm. really just looked like Google was sending you more traffic. And then I, I also remember you emailed me somewhere around the 20... Uh, Yeah. yeah, And said, Oh, traffic is down by Mm -hmm. a pretty significant amount. And the, the good part is Google took some of the traffic away and the phrasing, you know, we, we don't have to phrase it like that. Traffic went down a little bit, but it didn't go to where it was. So now that's sort of the context. Is there anything that you think may have contributed to more traffic in better rankings or do you just have no idea?
1: Yeah. So it is hard to tell, right? So when you and I looked at it, we looked at kind of the top, you know, 20 30 posts and just looked at date periods stacked over each other. So how was March compared to February? How was, you know, if we don't count March, how's April doing compared to February? And it was good to see that there was no specific, Posts that had been performing well that tanked, right? So that was my concern initially when probably March 24th or 25th, traffic dropped by like 25%, which gave me a little anxiety after it had been going so well. So I felt better after we chatted, and it was like, okay, no, this is just kind of across the board. Probably Google's doing some adjustments. That's fine. We're still up higher than we were in February, right? So I think one thing that's probably helping is I was doing a content sprint for the first two months of the year. And it was wrapping that up in March. And that was 50 posts that I would say were more SEO focused, um, kind of intentional on topics than I had been in the past. So I always use, you know KGR was doing all of that. But this time, I was more so clustering content around specific topics that I wanted to rank higher. And I was pulling some data from market news, which we've talked about, I think, in the last uh, update. And so this time, I think maybe the new content was just more focused. And it was focused on things where I had a better ability to rank for them already. So I think that probably helped a little bit. Plus, you know, I mean, every month stuff just it bakes, it bakes for longer. So I I was happy to see that it was just kind of across the board, more traffic.
0: All right. Anything else as far as traffic or revenue from March before we move into some of the things you've been working on?
1: Yeah. So just in general, my two main income streams are Amazon affiliates, which was up like higher than I had been over Christmas, which was bonkers because I thought Christmas was really good. So that was cool to see in just a regular old month, right, that it could still be at that level. So I think the way that we've been doing calls to action for Amazon is working, you know, both in-text links and some image links, that seems to be going well. And then I also have the ad income stream, which also really performed well. And I was able to hit I think eight days out of March, my ad revenue was over $100 a day, which I hadn't hit before. So that was really cool.
0: Awesome. So people can check out your Gantt chart and some other sort of cool you know, planning and everything that's going on on your recent update over on Niche Site Project. So we'll link to that. But a couple areas I want to highlight and I want you to talk more about is creating your own product and you had a little news, right? So I'll let you share that in a second, but that's one of the areas that I wanted you to expand in because, Mm -hmm. you know, typically my advice is, Hey, you want to make more money, like do more of what's working, publish more content, get more backlinks, promote more. But I know in working with you that you would do a really good job with creating your own products. And it's, uh, it's interesting to do that because you learn a lot of new things and you have to market in a different way. So let's talk about your products and where you are in the whole like scope of the year in context of uh, multiple products potentially in the future.
1: Sure. So the first thing that I have kind of bit off on the, you know, your own products realm is to do a few digital guides. So a few guides to different topics that make sense for my niche And it's something that I could easily expand into probably 20 20 to 40 different guides, right? Doing them the same way. So there is some appeal to me in having something that is obviously unique every time and it's new content, but it's also semi-templatized in the sense that every guide can basically have the same types of content. So it does get easier and it gets faster every time. And I like that. So that's where I started and these were going to be low cost um digital products just because i'd never done it before i didn't want to you know put 3 months into something that maybe wouldn't sell i have no idea right i have no no background in it so i was able to get two of the guides done in march and launched on i think like the 31st just got in under the wire wanted to get them in the update so got those two live. And then I used Shopify, which I think is what you'd suggested also to deliver them. So I got all that set up in March and then I waited. Right. And I waited and I was like, Ooh, nothing's happening. Uh, and part of that was because as you and I have now talked about, I need to make sure that I'm stripping things like ads and sidebar and navigation and basically any distraction off of a sales page. So that's something that's in progress at the moment, but um, I did manage to sell one, my very first guide yesterday. So I woke up to that email, which was really exciting. So I know that it at least works.
0: Very cool. Yeah. And the, the tough part, once you have a product is, well, you have to sell it, which is probably more of the work than actually creating the product. and you didn't, while well, you do have an email list, like you you were just getting the pieces in place before a, like a full proper launch. So it's like sort of a soft launch. It's mm-hmm. just some banner ads on your own mm-hmm. posts, which you get a lot of traffic, a lot of eyes see those. Yeah. But as you mentioned, when I first landed on mm-hmm. the site, I was seeing videos playing, other ads. So it's sort of a competitive environment on your website.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you are trying to sell something where potentially you're going to earn a lot more than right. a single ad click, it makes sense to get rid of all the ads and you know get the even though it's a low price item, if one yeah. person buys it, you probably make more on that page than right. you know, the ads running for the day or whatever or the month. Right.
1: right? So it's just a different it's a mind shift for me of figuring out which paces which pages I'm willing to give up any ad revenue and put in my own products. And I do track all of that too. So I track which pages have ads turned on and off in my master spreadsheet of content. So I can always go back to that and easily tell like what I've turned off and what I haven't. So I'll probably end up turning off ads on maybe 20 pages over the next week or so and just have the calls to actions to the guides and see what happens. And like you said, I haven't sent out emails or things like that about this specifically yet. So that'll happen in the future. And another thing that, you know, we crossed as a milestone in March was 2000 people on the email list, which is cool. So I now do have a better audience size to actually be promoting my own stuff too.
0: Awesome. And we've talked and I've mentioned it so many times in my own content for me, The email list is the primary marketing component and it's a really great way to, you know, get someone hopefully less distracted than just being on a website or, you know, YouTube is the worst as far as distractions. So email list, if they actually open your emails, you're in pretty good shape. Now you created two new guides. Were, Were there any hurdles or any issues or problems that you ran into along the way?
1: You know, it went pretty smoothly, probably because I have a background in creating things like that. So I have a marketing background. And so, you know, creating digital guides and info products is something I've been doing for a long time for other people. It does go slower when it's your own stuff, I will say. (laughs) But uh, the good thing I think for me was that I used one of my Upwork writers that I've used for a couple of years now. I have a group of probably four or five that I consistently use and I had her do the first draft based on a template and kind of a a wireframe that I'd set up. So she had a really good place to start on knowing what I wanted. And then it was pretty easy for me to just go through the draft I got back and put that into the layout and have it look good and, and do my tweaking there. But overall it was pretty painless. I'm working on the third one already. So I think I can continue to kind of churn these out maybe a couple a month even if I can figure out, you know, what the right sales approach is that works. So it's a bit of a testing process still, but overall, you know, creating my first info products is pretty painless.
0: I wanna jump in here and mention one of the techniques that Christy used on her site and the thing that I've done on the site growth case study and actually I've done it on most websites is the FAQ method. And this is sort of a tricky way for me and a sneaky way for me to put an ad in. So this is brought to you by our sponsors over at Niche Website Builders. The thing is they have a new service, and it is an FAQ service where they add FAQ content to existing articles. It's a great way to boost the topical relevancy to an article to give Google answers to the questions that it wants to see. I've been using the FAQ method for years. If you go check out my YouTube channel or my blog, you can search and find references to it from a few years ago. So I've been using it for Quite a while. Niche Website Builders also mentions that it's a great way to add new supporting content. So you can add new FAQ content to your site to boost that topical relevancy at a site or silo level. So you can do it to the overall site. You can focus on a specific silo, however, you want to do it. And I'm pretty sure my friends over at Niche Website Builders can kind of advise you based on your situation. So it's a great way to add more content, especially if you're thinking, well, I'm not sure you know, what new keywords to go after, but it looks like maybe I can add a little bit more content to certain posts. Check out the link in the description. Even if you're not ready to pull the trigger for the FAQ service, head over there. They have a little chat mechanism and you could tell them, thank you for sponsoring the Doug show. It helps me out if you do let the sponsors know. I definitely appreciate it, and I don't want to discount any of the other services that they do over at Niche Website Builders, but you can get a 10% discount if you get any of the link building packages, and you can get an additional 10% content if you get any of the content services. So you have to use my coupon code. There's a link in the description, so it'll hook everything up for you, and I appreciate the support. you spent a lot of time creating the template and get getting everything in place so like you said it'll become easier and easier and it was right. pretty straightforward um, from the get go which is cool because you know the other piece of the puzzle is a digital product but more like a course cuz these are essentially ebooks right they're downloadable pdfs right. mm-hmm. yep And with a course, it can be written or it can be, you know, video, but it's Mm -hmm. sort of a different technology. And if you're doing video, then it's a lot more complicated. There's audio Mm -hmm. in the visual component plus potentially worksheets. So what's the,
1: yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I I do have, you know, plans to do a small course. So you and I had talked about that too. And so this month is when I'll be really digging into that. And I have a team member who's going to help put together kind of the structure around the course and set up teachable and do those kind of things. And I'm probably going to have an Upwork writer also help with the content, but I anticipate that that will all take longer than it would for me to put together guides. Right. So that's something that I can kind of like do with me and one other person and it's kind of done. And of course it's a bigger effort, but I am starting on it with the hope of having one course live by July 1st. So that's the goal.
0: Okay. Very good. Now, anything else with the, the first couple digital products or anything around selling?
1: You know, I would just say there is a bit of a, a learning curve to doing things like Shopify and setting that stuff up for me. Um, I have a developer that I have relied on a little bit for that stuff. I know you do a lot of that yourself and kudos to you. For me, it like robs me of the will to live. So I outsource some of that. I just don't want to deal with it. I want to say, Hey, will you please set up Shopify with these two products? And I don't want to think about it. So for me, that's part of my expenses for the site. And I'm okay with that. And, um, you know, but for the most part, like, Shopify seems to be working great for delivering digital products. And I also know that I can use it in the future because I have some physical products ideas. So I wanted one platform that could do both.
0: Perfect. And just a quick note, the Shopify technology that you're using is the Shopify buy button, which I don't know anything about, but you mm-hmm. mentioned that it's a skinny down version of the normal store mm-hmm. offering and it costs $9 a month. So pretty mm-hmm. simple for delivery. Does it cost right. any more based on the volume that you sell or it's just a flat $9 so. a
1: month? I think it's flat fee. Yep
0: okay so so that's pretty good. I mean there's obviously other solutions out there. I think Gum road would be another simple way which I've used briefly and it's fine it's easy for someone to set up mm-hmm. upload their products and it's easy for the person to pay so there's it's a easy thing to uh, solve and then you didn't have to worry about any Shopify setup it seems to integrate well with uh, WordPress or whatever else you're doing.
1: Yeah, it seems to work great. Um, We were able to, you know, use a test credit card that they provided and and set that stuff up. I wouldn't say it's super intuitive, just like right out of the box, you know, so like even me going into the dashboard and trying to find some stuff on my own. I was kind of like, okay, new, new tool, you know, like it always takes a little bit of time, but Um, overall I was pretty pleased with it and it seems like it'll be really just easy to keep going in the future. So I'm happy with it.
0: Very good. All right. Another thing you worked on was the, what you're calling the knowledge directory. So can you describe what the concept is and then how the implementation went over the last couple of months, I guess?
1: Sure. So this was both a lot of work and low-hanging fruit. I would say it's one of those interesting combinations. So the overall goal with it was, you know, everybody eventually wants to have their own content, right? That makes a ton of sense. You end up making a way, hard, uh, you know, a way higher margin on your own materials than you would on someone else's affiliate program. But in the meantime, right, my options were kind of, well, wait, you know, three months and put together a really big course and do nothing in the meantime with it, uh, which didn't sound great. So my alternative was, well, there's, you know, a ton of great courses in my space already by experts and things, you know, that I'm not an expert in. So what if I put together more of a directory listing of other people's courses and promote those, as long as we can become affiliates in all of their programs, because so many of the course websites now have just affiliate stuff built in, right? Like teachable. I'm sure Kajabi does too. Um, You know, Udemy is a huge course website and they have affiliates. I mean, it's just most of them, unless you're using something pretty obscure has an affiliate component, which is cool. And the rates for most of, you know, if you're selling someone else's courses is like, 20 to 50% versus, you know, whatever I'm making on ads or Amazon, right? Which continually changes their rates. So that seemed like a pretty great idea, right? So I have the traffic. Um, If I can figure out how to promote other people's quality content, it's good for them. It sends them more business and it's great for my audience because I can give them more, you know, more resources and more tools without having to wait to build my own. So that was my focus for like January through March and ended up being able to launch it in March with, I think, 32 courses. And that was, you know, a fair amount of work of writing all the descriptions, getting into all the affiliate programs, doing all the outreach to those creators. But overall, I was like really pleased that it went so smoothly And that people were so receptive to it. I love how it looks. We used a, a plugin called Directorist, which we had to modify a little bit, but it was still pretty good. So the library is searchable and you can filter and all of that. So that's really cool. The slightly annoying piece will be tracking income from it because there's a bunch of different affiliate programs, right? So I'll probably just look at that number maybe once a month at the end and go through you know, the 10 logins that I have now and, and look at those, but I am really excited about the concept. I think it looks good. It functions the way that I want, and it gives me a place to load all of my own content as I get it. So like the two guides that I made are also in the knowledge directory. So that's really cool.
0: you've probably heard me talk about the EZOIC sight speed accelerator, which is being retired and it is being replaced by LEAP, L-E-A-P. And depending on when you listen to this episode, it might be out already or it could be on the way. So here are some fast facts about LEAP. Number one, it is free. And EZOIC is replacing the sight speed accelerator with LEAP Prior to the Google UX update, Leap will be completely free when using Ezoics monetization, that is the ad tester. And Leap includes all the features and tools needed to achieve good core web vitals. And I'm reading the copy here. Good is italicized. So maybe I would use air quotes. I'm not 100% sure what good means, but it's definitely not bad and it's positive. So it's going to be helpful for your core web vitals. Leap is the new tool set, a new tool set to uncover and fix the root causes of poor load times. And Ezoic will provide data on how various technologies and hosts affect all sites. So there's going to be a lot of cool data. You can sign up to uh, be notified. I think... It's pretty easy to get to, it's um, link in the description, all right, I'm not going to read out a, a link here, but you can sign up to be notified and you can start using it right away. If you're using Ezoic, you'll be able to, you know, hook right in. Now, I I think it's an upcoming episode here, I had my site audited by a very qualified technical SEO, which, I I mean, I, I know some SEO, and I know a little bit, but the technical side is a a little bit more uh, in depth. And uh, let's face it, I did a really sloppy job on niche site project early on from an SEO perspective. I was just writing about the things that I was doing and I didn't pay too much attention to keyword research, which is funny since a lot of the content was about SEO. But the point is core web vitals. So Part of the weird thing is my core web vital scores for niche site project are lower than I expect. There's a lot of warnings and there's quite a few issues. There's no uh, like red bars. There's no major issues, but there's some warnings that are showing up. And the weird thing is my site loads really fast. Niche site project is very stripped down. I really worked hard to have a fast-loading site and reduce the number of plugins, the number of scripts, all sorts of things. But even with an ultra-fast load time, over and over again, very consistently, the Core Web Vital scores are low for uh, one or two reasons. So I'm going to be sorting that out, and I suspect I'll be able to get great information from Ezoic Leap and just understanding, like... What the problem is. Honestly, I'm not sure. Unless you're looking at one of my blog posts that have uh, maybe a lot of images, maybe larger images, and it's a very long post, typically they're loading in like half a second. It's really fast. But for whatever reason, the Core Web Vitals are a little trickier than you might expect. So, anyway, check out Ezoic Leap. Thanks for the sponsorship. And uh, if you're not using Ezoic, if you've never checked it out, if you're not quite sure, go have a look at the blog. There's tons of great information. And I really like working with the folks at Ezoic. Let's get back to the interview. Very good. Now, do you have any plans to promote specific courses via say email. Again, I always lean on email, but you could feature a course and really actually try to push it. And you have right. so many in the archive in the knowledge directory that you could promote like one per week.
1: Right. So what I'm starting with is adding to our existing email drip sequence. So, when someone signs up for the list, they get, I think, currently 10 or 11 emails are already built out and running. So, my goal then is to add probably double that, that are not specifically like, here's an email selling a course. Mm-hmm. You know, so what I did basically was group together topics of courses, and then build out a new email on that topic that could link to a few courses that were relevant and also some relevant blog posts. So it more so, you know, house them in an email about a broader topic versus just being, you know, sales emails kind of hitting these guys every week, which I don't really want to do. And then the other thing that I'm going to do is add um, nicely branded calls to action graphics in relevant blog posts. So for every course that I have, there's probably at least 10 blog posts that are related to that, that I can put calls to actions in similar to how I did with the guides. So that's what I'm going to be working on over the next week or so. And same thing as we discussed, I need to then strip ads off of those pages and really just get people focused on the courses that are relevant to them. But it's really cool to be able to have suddenly you know, 30 resources to be able to promote when two months ago I had none. Right. Right. So I love that. I love the concept of it. And if I can figure out kind of the sales process and what works, um, it's awesome for my audience and it helps out all these creators who've put in the time and work to make their own content. So.
0: And quick note, I mean, I think selling courses as an affiliate is probably the right stepping stone like you've done, you know, where you're not trying to do a full huge Mm -hmm. video course as your first thing. One of the other benefits, especially in the way that you've done this, where you have a a lot of different courses from different Mm -hmm. creators, you can over time see which ones are selling the best. Right. And then- Mm You know, well, you can keep promoting it, right? If it's a good partner Mm -hmm. and you're not interested, but you also have like really good sales data on what sells. So you can create a course Mm -hmm. on that topic. And depending on what it is, I mean, people that invest in courses and and training Mm -hmm. will sometimes buy multiple courses in the same topic area because they're interested in it and they want to learn more. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily um, cannibalizing, but I mean, it's Mm -hmm. a thing that you would have to figure out. So anyway, the point is if people are thinking, hey, I'm not sure I want to do the whole course thing and create it myself, it seems overwhelming. The right stepping stone is selling things as an affiliate.
1: Right. And I think it's cool that I can also have, you know, 30, 40 other sales pages to look at, right? Because we have to link out to other sites to purchase. And so I'll also have data on what converts versus what doesn't, right? Because everybody does their sales pages differently. And so by the time I have my own course, I can have a good sense of, you know, well, this course sells really well. So whatever they're doing on their sales page, I'm going to mimic that, right? Because it clearly works for my audience and, I have, you know, no pride about knowing exactly how I want to do it. Right. I want to look at what other people are doing and, you know, right. use what works. So,
0: Right. Now we always like to cover any uh, issues or things that aren't going as well. So a- anything that wasn't working so, so hot in March.
1: Well, I think I will just mention one other thing that was kind of expense tracking which we don't talk about a ton, Um, but it can seem like, you know, doing a lot of these things that show up like on the Gantt chart. I do believe in outsourcing to my team for some things. So these things do rack up a cost. Um, And so by the end of, by the end of March, I had spent almost $6,000 on the site for the year, which is significant. Right. But the cool thing was that March was able to cover all of the expenses that I'd put into the site for the year in a single month. Right. So it was able to pay me back for all the money I put into the knowledge directory, all the money I put into content for the guides, all the money I put into new systems like Shopify and uh, Directorist and things like that. So that was huge because I was feeling a little bit of anxiety about just how much I was putting into things that I didn't know would work necessarily, right? Like I put a fair amount of money into the knowledge center and that directory and getting that set up and being able to pay myself back for that in a single month was encouraging. So that felt good. The two things I would say that weren't working as well were my like engagement level on Market Muse last month. So I found that once I was getting into other projects, it was really hard for me to get back into like manually optimizing individual blog posts. Right. And even though I had someone who was helping me with that in February, I was still like manually going in changing blog authors to her. So she had access, she could update them, and then I would change them back. Then, I mean, it was just, it was just a lot. It was kind of gross. So Finally, at the end of March, I was like, well, I went through a whole month and I didn't use any of my 50 credits, which is just a waste, right? But I have someone who's already like trained and willing to do it. So I took the step of changing her like user permissions in WordPress so that she could just go and make all those changes herself. She can pick out her own blogs to do updates on. Like I'm just removing myself from that process so that I don't have more months go by when I'm not using it. So I'm going to try to do that for April, but March clearly showed me if I'm focused on bigger projects, like that just gets left to the wayside. So that was one thing. Uh, and then the other thing I would say that's fine, but not particularly impactful at this point is kind of social media in general. It's not something I love. Um, I've outsourced Pinterest, like from the start, because I don't want to be doing it. I know it's important, I know it works like a search engine, like it really helped me out with traffic initially. So I want to continue it, you know, it's a couple thousand visits probably per month. But as far as things like Instagram and Facebook, like that stuff, you know, those are not traffic drivers for me by any means. I feel like we need to have Instagram because we use it for a lot of the outreach for stuff. So like, we need it for that. But as far as things like Facebook, I'm considering just killing the page. You know, I I just don't know that I need it. If I'm not planning to, you know, run ads or something for a future course, I guess I would need it for that. But otherwise, it's just one of those things that, like, doesn't take a ton of time or money, but it does take time and money. Mm -hmm. And I'm just not sure it's the best place for it.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one. And I I mean, I think you're doing it right where you have a little traffic coming from Pinterest Mm -hmm. and it has been good in the past and the systems are dialed in, Mm -hmm. but yeah, the rest of it may have merit in the future or Instagram for outreach makes total sense. But yeah, the fact is like, what is it like over 90% of the traffic is from Google, right?
1: Right. So it, it just, you know, it feels like that's where I need to be spending my time and money. So, I don't know. got to think about it. Facebook, I don't know. I might see you later. Hmm?
0: Yeah, right. Well, any other big highlights um, before we, I guess, get into the April and what's coming up in the next few weeks here?
1: Yeah, I would just say, you know, March gave me quite a bit of hope that I was doing the right stuff. And the fact that we could get to 6K in a month without having even you know had time for the knowledge directory to be out there and running or the guides really to be out there available you know that really just gave me a bar of here's the level of traffic that I need to hit that number and it's not that much higher than where I had been you know it just it just made the two times you know income goal seem potentially doable good so it was good
0: yeah I mean you're you're very very close and with continue uh continuing on with like incremental gains that mm-hmm. are not huge as you have been just sort of slow and steady for yep. the last couple of years i mean it's I'm not sure where you'll end up at the end of the year as far as revenue, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was much higher than what we would have mm-hmm. predicted.
1: I hope so that would be awesome.
0: Yeah. So what do we have coming up over the next few weeks? Is there anything that you're particularly excited about? Mm -hmm. Obviously there's a lot of moving pieces here.
1: Sure. Well, the next month or so will be kind of hot and heavy on promoting the knowledge directory, getting that dialed in, knowing what that process looks like, what kinds of calls to actions are working, getting the ads shut off on the right stuff. That's going to take some time because there are, you know, 30 individual resources that I want to be tying into relevant blogs. So that's pretty manual. I'm the only one who knows really what all the blogs are that we've done. So that's on me. But I'm also really excited for that, right? It feels like adding really relevant, high value stuff to our existing content, which is great. So that'll be the next month. And then also kicking off this course development stuff, which is a whole new whole new realm for me. So I get a little overwhelmed by all of it. But you've given me some good structure of like literally just tell me how many units and lessons to put in it. Like just tell me how many I need and then I'll do that. So it's like, okay, four units, four lessons each, this amount of content, like that gives me some structure to to really get going. So I'm excited to do that. That'll probably be the next like 30 to 60 days. It's working on that and seeing if I can get it actually live by July
0: very exciting yeah we'll have to have you back on to talk about that i know it's a whole different skill set and you'll be working with other other people right doing a few other Mm -hmm. things so it is it's pretty amazing like once you get a couple courses under your belt it becomes easier just like anything i mean it's very confusing at first but then it's easier as time goes on so that's the hope Very good. Well, thanks a lot, Christy. And we'll get an update from you soon. We'll put links to the previous updates and interviews and all that stuff. So if you want to go back and trace the uh, sort of growth of the site, the first interview was when you've hit a hundred dollars in one month, which I think you were pretty excited.
1: (laughs) I was totally excited.
0: (laughs) It's amazing. All right. Well, thanks, Christy.
1: Cool. Thanks, Doug.
0: Thanks to Christy for the update, and I encourage you to check out the other episodes if you haven't listened to them. Plus, you can check out the blog post that she has done for me over at Niche Site Project so you can get a little bit more detail, and there's pictures so you can see the graphs and the growth that she's experiencing. So pretty cool stuff, and I'm going to try to get her on for the next update earlier in the month, just so we could track along a little more closely. You know how it is with scheduling. Coming up in the next episode, I'm gonna tell you about how I fixed my course launch. So not too long ago, actually in like January, I launched my course and it was kind of a flop. That was a multi-profit site. I think I alluded to it in some episodes for the people that really pay attention to every little thing I say. On all these episodes, you've heard me mention it. But the good thing is in March, I relaunched the course and I was able to fix a lot of things. A lot of technical sort of things in the background were done where you probably can't tell externally, but I think a lot of those contributed. So I literally went from about three to four sales back in January to 28 to 30 here in uh, the springtime. So that's very positive, very positive for me. And then the next episode after that, I'm going to be talking about a technical SEO audit that was conducted for Niche Site Project. I worked with my friend Olga from SEOsly. That's seosl I'm not good at spelling out loud, so I had to work kind of hard on that. So the next two episodes, very exciting, lot of tactical information. And I encourage you, uh, shoot me an email if you have questions on anything, right? Feedback at doug.show. If you have questions for Christy that you want me to ask her for the next appearance when she's on, let me know. I'll be able to get those questions over to her. So have a great day out there and we'll catch you on the next episode.